Welcome to Feed the Sheep Podcast. This is your host, Ross Steele. As I always say, God is good all the time, and all the time, the devil is stupid. Here, I like to talk about things culture doesn't want to talk about. I talk about things to advance the gospel, to build the kingdom, and bless the world. Let's get right to it. Yeah. Hey. All right. So, yes, thank you, Pastor Tina. Thanks for uh, allowing us to be here. Uh, as she said, I'm Ross. I'm the campus coordinator over at our Pendleton campus. I get to work with James, as you guys know him so well over here. Um, but this is my good friend, a mentor of mine, Danny Curry. He uh, works over at the Chicken Shack or the Lord's Chicken, whatever you want to call it, Chick-fil-A, just down the road here across from Hamilton Town Center. Um, yeah, we get that in. usually gets a bigger applause. Yeah, usually, than that. but I, I guess whatever. Yeah. Uh, so. So, so, so Danny and I, I, I used to work at Chick-fil-A as well, and Danny and I actually met at Chick-fil-A. He started probably two or three weeks before I did, um, and there was one interaction, and I was like, we're going to be good friends. And, and we kind of connected over a concept um, that kind of changed my whole outlook on ministry, but also just ministry in the marketplace, and what that could look like. And, and I wanted to bring you guys in, kind of into that conversation, almost identical conversation that we had sitting in the booth, probably over some chicken nuggets and, and fries or something going on, uh, and, and it changed Amen. everything for me. And uh, so I'll let, I'll let Danny take it away for right now uh, as he shares awesome. a little bit about this concept. All right, so I'll get into the conversation we had that set the stage for some things, our friendship, and even the reason why I'm here tonight. But the first thing I got to uh, figure out is uh, what kind of people are here. So uh, it comes down to two kinds of people, uh, regular and spicy, right? So who here is regular? You're regular, yeah. Who here is spicy? You're spicy. Everybody's spicy. You think so? Well, apparently. All right, uh, and then there's other people. You're either nuggets or strips. Who's nuggets? Who's strips? <laughs> Very strips. few strips. I know. I will say it's though, a dying stri- breed. You guys need to get strips. It's better chicken. You get more. I'm just. You do. I pro- I work there. You get more. <laughs> okay. And are how many of you are big fans of the waffle fries? Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. Big waffle fries. I don't know. You know, you love them or hate them. That's kind of the way it is. Yeah. Kind of like Jesus. You love, <laughs> you love him or hate him. There's no middle ground. Uh, there's no middle ground. Uh, so uh, one other thing. How many people? Are, you're definitely Chick Fil A sauce. How many, yeah, Chick-fil-A sauce. Yep, yeah. that's, that, oh, at man. one point, I think Basic. it was on the short list for the communion elements at one point. <laughs> it was like, is there any way we can take the bread and dip it in the Chick-fil-A sauce to remember Jesus? Maybe. Uh, anybody else, something else, you're Polynesian? Anybody Polynesian? That's my favorite, because it's the hardest to say. I have so many people, they're like, I need that Polyponesian sauce you got. I'm like, Polyponesian? What are you talking about? And uh, some of you are like, what in the world? I don't even go to Chick-fil-A because I prefer Popeyes. Anybody? Sinners. No, no, that's okay. I'm just kidding. Hey, you're at a safe place. It's okay. I once was lost, but now I'm found too, so it's okay. You'll Eventually, you'll see the light. It's all right. It's okay. We have all kinds of people here. Actually, we love you no matter what kind of chicken you love, or even if you're like, I don't like chicken. Uh, that's okay, because what we're here to talk about is something way more important than that, which is everybody struggles even if they come up with the idea that they, there's a God, and if they at some point are like, okay, I want God in my life, at some point then you get to this, this crossroads where you say, what does God want me to do? Or the way people say it in very theological, spiritually sounding ways, what is God's will for my life? Have you ever heard anybody say that? What is awesome. God's will 
for my life. And it's, it sounds heavy, doesn't it? And it is. No, it's not as heavy as we make it out to be because it's really what, what why did God make us? Why are we here? What, what are we supposed to be doing with our lives? And so uh, another way to say that is like, what's God's mission for you? What's God's mission for you? And what I want you to know is you'll never figure that out, at least not in, in a good, solid way, if you don't know what God's mission is for God. Did you know God has a mission? It sounds weird, doesn't it? Because we think of God sitting up in heaven going, mm, you should do this, and you should not do this. You shall do this, and you shall not do that, right? And basically, all the shall nots are all the fun stuff, and all the shalls are like the boring stuff. You're like, well, maybe when I get old and I have nothing better to do, I will figure out God's mission for my life, which I'm pretty sure is to give a tithe and be bored. Isn't that what we kind of think? It's like, why would I want to give my life to God? Because God will ruin it. God, God doesn't really have, I mean, come on, seriously, God, what's God's mission? What's my mission for me? I want to do what I want to do, and that's the struggle in people's hearts. Well, God has a mission for God, and God's mission is something that's in the Bible. Any of you heard of that Bible? It's a good thing. Yep. How many of you have heard of Chick-fil-A? Lots of people. How many of you have heard of the Bible? Hopefully, it's the same amount. Hopefully, we're we're hopefully struggling more. <laughs> with our priorities right here. You're like, Chick-fil-A sounds Bible. What's that? I don't know. Uh, so, in the Bible, uh, God, it's the story of what God's up to. We think of it as a bunch of disjointed stories, you know, you've got Noah and the flood, you've got Daniel and the lion's den, you've yeah. got Jesus, that's kind of a big Old deal, you've got Testament. Old Testament, New Testament, but there's really this one solid storyline that goes through the whole Bible that ties it all together and frames everything that you encounter in scripture, and actually that same storyline continues because of Jesus into our lives today. So everything that we look at in scripture actually connects to where we're at right now, this one storyline of what God is doing. And so all of you, how many of you have heard of John 3.16? Raise your hand if you've heard of John 3.16. Okay, it's okay if you haven't, but John 3.16 is the one verse, if you know any verse in scripture. And everybody you, knows. Yeah, John 3.16. It's the one they hold <laughs> Most up. people know. It's the one they hold up at sporting events. Have you seen that? Like the people who like sneak into the crowd and they're like, Tim Tebow. John 3.16. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow did that too, yeah. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have chicken nuggets for forever. That's right. I mean, eternal life, but you know, probably chicken nuggets. Probably. Not on Sundays, but in heaven maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's what makes heaven heaven is you can get chicken nuggets on Sunday. That's a whole Your new concept. I might write that book, Chicken Nuggets on Sunday. Um, so, so the reality is that, that verse... John 3, 6, that actually comes at the end of the movie of the Bible, if you think of the Bible as a movie. And if you've ever watched a movie with someone, and you started the movie, and then they come in halfway into the movie, has that ever happened to you? Maybe a, your like, little brother or sister or a friend of yours or parents, I always hate it when parents do this, what's that? Who's that? Oh, what is that about? Time. And you're like, I, there, is no way, there is no way I can explain this to you because we're so far into the movie. Well, this is what we do sometimes when it comes to the Bible. Obviously, we want people to know who Jesus is, and Jesus, it's, it almost is going to sound sacrilegious to say that Jesus is not the best place to start. What I will say is, Jesus is the best place to start, but you've got to help people understand where he comes in the movie of what God is doing. And one thing you know about the Bible is it's got a lot in there. And do you know Jesus shows up right about there. That's a lot that goes on. And this part, have you ever tried to read the Bible from the start? 
Genesis is kind of exciting. Exodus is cool. The whole Moses and Pharaoh, let my people go. Red Sea, ah, we're drowning. All that stuff. There's some stuff there that's kind of cool. But when you get to Leviticus, <laughs> and, oh man, that's a drag. And the fourth book of the Bible. Do you know what the fourth book of the Bible is? Numbers. Who like numbers in math class is bad. Numbers in church is just boring. And then Deuteronomy. And it just gets. This sounds bad to say in church, but it's kind of boring, right? And hard to understand, and hard to know how it all figures, how it all fits in. But there is a verse of scripture that is like the John 3.16 of the Old Testament that sums up everything that the story of God is about and what God's mission is. And my guess is, even though you know John 3.16, you might not know what the John 3.16 is of the Old Testament, of, of, of the big part of the Bible that we don't spend as much time in. It's in Genesis chapter 12. And here's what it says. Genesis chapter 12, this is verse 1 of Genesis chapter 12. Now, this isn't John 3, 16 of the Old Testament yet, but we're going to get to it. And it's about a guy named Abraham. It says Abram here, but later his name's changed to Abraham, so we'll call him Mr. Abraham. Mr. Abraham lived 2,000 years before Jesus. Do you know how many years you live after Jesus? Yeah, so, as, so when you think back to 2,000 years to Jesus, this dude's 2,000 years before that. So we're talking 4,000 years ago, and it tells the story of everything that God has been doing for that whole time. And he tells this guy, Abraham, leave where you're at and go to the land I will show you. So God's going to do something. God is up to something. God's on a mission. And he taps this guy on the shoulder. Mr. Abraham says, I want you to be in on what I'm doing. And Abraham was like, uh, okay. Now, we have the benefit of reading the rest of the Bible to know how this story turns out. All Abraham knows is, I need you to leave where you're at and go someplace I will show you. That's not a lot of information. Can you imagine the first person he told that to? God's got a mission for my life. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, what's it about? I don't know. Well, God sounds vague. Okay. All right. And what, what does this God want you to do? Well, he wants me to leave where I'm at. And everything I know, including my family, and, it, okay, all right, that sounds drastic. Well, where does he want you to go? I don't know. That's what Abraham was told to do. Leave where you're at, leave everything you know, and go to this land that I will show you. He doesn't even give him, like, GPS coordinates or anything. He's just like, you go, and when you get there, I'll say, stop, there you are. This is the land I will show you. And then he goes on to say, the reason why I want you to go there, next, uh, next slide, because I'm going to make you into a great nation. He says, I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Now, this is starting to sound good. All right, first of all, leave everything you know, everything you've built, everything that, that's been about you up to this point, and I want you to go where I'm going to show you, someplace where I'm going to show you, but when you get there, I'm going to do something spectacular with your life. I'm going to make you into a great nation. And then he says this, verse 3. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. That sounds drastic, but basically what he's saying is, I'm going to be your God, you're going to be my people, I've got your back, and then he says, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, this verse right here, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you, sums up what God is doing. God wants to bless the whole world. In fact, if you were to sum up God's mission in three words, you know what it would be? Ross Steele knows what it would be. What would God's mission be if it was summed up in three words, Ross? Bless 
the world. Bless the world. And if you're going to do that in 2022, you have to turn it into a hashtag. So there you go. This is God's mission is to to hashtag bless the world. Okay. Now, back then, he of course wouldn't have said that. He would have said thou. He would have said thou shalt bless the world. Okay. So bless the world. That's what God's doing. So if you ever wonder who God is and what God's doing, God's the kind of God that's on a mission to bless the whole world, and he wants to involve us in it. Wow. Now, did you hear it? Obviously, you didn't. they didn't like go, whoa. whoa. Maybe they've no. heard that before. I don't know. Well, I, it took me a long time to figure that out because I was like, what's God's, what's God's will for my life? What's God's mission? Well, it's, it's, it's in like some of the first few pages of the Bible. It's right there for us to find that God is on a mission to bless the world. And so he tells Abraham, I want you to get in on this, and I want you to see it in three parts. You ready for this? Go back one slide if you don't mind. Okay, will my laser pointer work? Okay, go back yeah, two slides. Okay, right here. I'm going to make you into a great nation. Do you guys know who's, what nation is like at the heart of the Old Testament? What story are we telling all throughout the Old Testament? What nation is that? Is it, yes? The nation of Israel, right? The children of Israel. Well, this is the people that God is talking about right here. When he says a great nation, he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. Now, that's in the book of Genesis. What do we know about these great people in the book of Exodus? How great are they being? How awesome of a nation are they? Do you know where they're at in the book of Exodus? They're enslaved in Egypt. That doesn't sound like a great nation. But God is up to something. God's got a plan. He's not finished with them yet. And the whole story of the Old Testament is about how God is taking his people. He's going to put them in his place for his purpose. His people is the nation of Israel. And his place is what's called the promised land. Why is it called the promised land? Because it's so awesome. Because the land is awesome. No, it's because the land was... You guys are so smart. That's a good group, Ross. They're they really smart. I know. Wasn't so sh- awesome. I wasn't so sure when they talked about Popeyes before. But here's the thing. They know this. Yeah, it was promised to Mr. Abraham. And God's making good on his promise. You know why? Because God always makes good on his promise. And so God says, Abraham, I'm going to get your people in this place for my purpose. And the story of the Old Testament is how they get to that place. And then they get taken out of that place. And then they get put back in that place. And then there's a really awkward silence. It's so awkward that you guys can barely stand it. You feel like, we got to say something. I think he's asking us to say something. No. So that's what the story of the Old Testament is. It's 39 books telling us about how God formed these people, put them in put them in the place where he wanted them, the promised land, then they disobey him, they get all distracted by all kinds of other things. That never happens to God's people. Never. And then they get taken out of that place into exile, and then they get brought back, and then there is this really awkward silence. Now, you know, another way of talking about an awkward silence is a, our fine arts people will know this, a dramatic pause. Nobody. You know what? God gets a really bad rap because a lot of people think God's real choosy. They think God's real selective. They think God's got real high standards and you're never going to live up to them. And while that is in theory kind of true in the fact that he is holy, you've got to remember that that truth that God is holy was also based around a promise that he said, this holy God said, I'm going to figure out how everybody can be blessed. Everybody. Everybody. Not just the good people. Not just the smart people, not just the attractive people, not just the cool kids, 
Everybody. All. All people. And that all people would what? Be blessed. Bless the whole world. And who did that? For God so loved, what was it? The world. Well, he did, he did love Jesus, but for, but for God so loved the whole world, right? God so loved the whole world that he gave Jesus, that Jesus was the fulfillment of what he said he was going to do 2,000 years before. This is a big story, and it continues for 2,000 years after Jesus to you and me. You know why there's a church? It's not just so you can hang out and have awesome games and sing good music and have a loud guy yell at you for 20 minutes. <laughs> It's because God's on a mission to bless the world and he wants you to be a part of it. You know why? Because God has always been about having a people in his place to do his purpose. But because of Jesus, the people aren't just Israelites who are physically connected to Abraham. The whole New Testament says everyone gets in on this promise because of Jesus. Everyone can be God's people. You can be God's people because of Jesus, not because of what you've done, not because of how good you are, because none of us will ever be good enough, but Jesus was perfect. And Jesus says, I'll pay the price. And then here it is. I got a ticket for everybody. You can all get in. You can all be the people of God. And then he wants to put you in a certain place. You know where he wants to put you? In Fishers and Noblesville and Pendleton and wherever Eagle Creek is. I'm sorry. I don't know where it is. <laughs> West Side. West Side. Represent. All right. So, well, but, so, so we, have, we have this people, place, and purpose. Yes, of we course. We have blessed the world. And, and <clears throat> Danny, I had a reel them back a little bit because we could talk about this forever. Uh, but what I, what I say is that's basically the conversation that changed my whole idea of what ministry can be like. Uh, ministry isn't done just within the church. And in retrospect, it's actually more done outside the church. It's we prepare to do what exactly. God wants us to do here. So, so as we go out, as you guys, as you seniors are stepping out into universities, into careers, into whatever it is uh, that you're leading towards, we wanted to, to bring this to you because bless the world is everywhere for everybody. And it changed my whole perspective on everything that I do. Um, and, and I'm glad that, that I have Danny in my life to, to kind of be able to continue to speak that. But what does that, I mean, let's put it into real terms. What does that look like? Like we do it well, when I was at Chick-fil-A, we did it all the time at Chick-fil-A. Uh, and people think Chick-fil-A, well, that's the Lord's chicken. They're always nice. You know, that's easy to do there. But in, in real terms, like, what does it look yeah. like for these, these kids who are stepping into universities or new careers or even those who are still in high school? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a good, it's a good question. And it's at the heart of this whole thing, which is if you frame up the whole story of the Bible as God's mission to get God's people in God's place for God's purpose, and you sum up everything Jesus did through the gospel to form God's people to be in God's place, which would be the whole world for God's purpose, then it means wherever you go, go as God's person and recognize that where you're at is the holy land now, which sounds weird, but you're there for a holy purpose. You're there to bless the world. And how would you bless the world? I, the cool thing is everybody kind of knows. You know what actually blesses and helps somebody. It's not just 
invite them to church, although you can't invite them to church. Yeah. And it's not just like share a Bible verse, although of course you can share a Bible verse. It's about helping people for God wherever you are. So one of the examples of this is I was, uh, I was traveling somewhere. I was actually going to speak at a youth conference, um, but I don't like carry, and at the time, so before I worked at Chick-fil-A, I worked in a local church. So I was a pastor, but I didn't carry a badge around that said, I'm a pastor, be careful. You know, because people always get weirded out by pastors. No offense to any of the pastors in the room, but they do. They're like, oh, the pastor's here. Uh, but I was on my way to speak at this event, and I was sitting in the, uh, in the airport getting ready to board, and this, this young lady was sitting across the aisle from me, and she was super nervous. You could just see it. Totally nervous. Now, here's the thing. If I thought that my mission was just to invite her to church, who didn't even live in the same town, uh, I don't think she would have known where my church was. And if I'd have just said, if you died right now on this airplane, would you go to heaven or hell? I'm not sure that's the best way to start the conversation. I mean, maybe, maybe, uh, but I don't think so. And so what I said was, I said, are you nervous to fly? And she goes, she goes, oh, is it obvious? <laughs> I said, well, only because your legs are doing this. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, a little bit, but that's okay. I said, lots of people get nervous to fly. She goes, well, I'm not really nervous to fly. I said, oh. She goes, yeah, I'm really nervous about something else. And I said, what? She goes, I'm nervous about why I'm flying. I said, okay, well, I don't mean to pry or anything, but why, why are you flying? She said, I'm going back home. She's like in her mid-20s. She says, I'm going back home, and it's the first time I'm going to see my parents in 10 years because she told me a whole story that I'm not going to have time to get into <laughs> here, but it was a very complicated, tough story about how she had to leave when she was 15. And she made a lot of tough choices, maybe some really bad ones, and she brought a lot of hurt and a lot of brokenness, and her parents struggled with it, and she struggled with it, and she said, this is going to be the first time I go back home. I said, wow. I said, that's, that's really tough. I said, uh, I said, this may seem a little weird, but could I pray for you? And she goes, oh, that'd be awesome. She says, well, I haven't been in church in forever, but that'd be great. I can't think of anything better to do right now than to pray. So I just prayed for her, and she said, that's great. Okay, then they call for, the, for us to get on the plane. We go, we get our seats, and this is the cool stuff. My ticket was 22A. Guess what her ticket was? It was 1C, but that's a whole different story. No, of course, it was 22B, right there. So I sit down, I'm like, well, hello. And she's like, hi. So we had the whole plane, the whole plane ride, the whole flight, to, they call it a plane ride now, uh, the whole flight to talk. I told her the story of the prodigal son. I don't know if you know that story exactly, but about somebody who ran away from home or had to leave and then came back. And I was like, I was like, you know, that may or may not be what happens with this whole reunion, but that's actually a story in the Bible, and, and this is what happens for all of us, because we're all kind of there. We've all run away from home in some way, and we've all needed to go back to our Father, and that's a... So those were the kind of talks we had. All that because I knew why I was there. I was there to be God's people, at God's place right in that moment, for God's purpose, to bless the world. By the way, as we land, she said, wow, she said, I kind of... She noticed that her knees weren't like knocking anymore and she wasn't as nervous. She just said, that really helped a lot. She says, by the way, what do you do? And I thought, do I ruin this? I said, well, I'm a pastor. I thought, no, but I also didn't want to lie to her. I said, you know, and this was the coolest thing. I said, I help people for God. She goes, you do? I was like, 
Well, didn't I? And she goes, yeah, you did. And she goes, you can get paid for that? I said, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you can. Yeah. But here's what I want you to know. No matter what you're getting paid to do, no matter where you go in life, whatever, you're there to help people for God. And that's what Blessed World's all about. And I think it can make every day super meaningful because you know that you're God's person in God's place for God's purpose. That's good. Uh, I'm going to invite the, the band up right now. And as they do that, I'm just going to pray over just this night, um, each and every one of you who are here tonight, to hear something new. Uh, I just ask you guys, if you will, just bow your heads. Father, I thank you for just this opportunity, this opportunity to share this word with a good friend. Father, I just pray that as these students listen tonight, that they just cherish these moments, that they're able to fully digest it and ingest it and make it a part of their life, to always be on guard for what's to come and where you're placing them and not to be bogged down in all the messes of life that comes about, but to lean in you, Father, to continue to advance the gospel, to build your kingdom as we father sons and daughters into your kingdom, Lord, but ultimately to go out and continue to bless the world. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to Feed the Sheep this week. May the Spirit be within you, may it be upon you to embolden you in your faith, to go out and advance the gospel, to build the kingdom and bless the world.